This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Hello and welcome to episode number 218 of Youpreneur FM. I'm your host, Chris Tucker. Thank you very much for being with me. Oh, I've got a really good show lined up for you guys. If you are involved in video marketing in any way, shape or form, you are going to just salivate over the information that my special guest, Roberto Blake, shares on today's call. Trust me, guys, this stuff is just brilliance. It really, really is. However, before we get into the show, quick reminder, tickets are now on sale. In fact, actually, super early bird discounted tickets are now on sale for the first ever Youpreneur Summit live event, which is going to be held in London, England on November 11 and 12th of this year, 2017. We're bringing in the best speakers in the game when it comes to the personal brand entrepreneurial landscape. We'll be holding daily mastermind and brainstorming sessions, and we have several Youpreneur members themselves gracing the stage to show you exactly, step-by-step, how they've built successful businesses around their own personal brands. The event is being held at the world-famous QE2, or the Queen Elizabeth II Convention Center. It's right in the heart of London. We're already seeing people booking tickets from all around the world. This event, by the way, isn't just for people in the UK and Europe. It's for everyone. It's for every Youpreneur member, every Youpreneur listener, every Youpreneur subscriber, no matter where you are. Guys, London is one of the most incredible cities in the world. It truly is. And if you've never been, this is the perfect time now to scratch it off your must-visit list and attend our first ever live event at the same time. It's a double whammy. It's a double whammy. You can get more information on the event, discover who the speakers are, and obviously secure your place just by visiting youpreneursummit.com today. That's youpreneursummit.com. I look forward to seeing you in London. Now, Roberto Blake, what can I say about the guy? Um, just literally, just recently came onto my radar. How it took so long, I just don't know. But he is crushing it on YouTube. Oh, well over 200,000 subscribers, thousands and thousands and thousands of views on his videos. And actually, he's doing it in a very, very simple manner. You know, earlier on in the year, we had Amy Schmidauer vlog like a boss on the show, talking all about YouTube marketing. Here we are again at the beginning of May. Can we see a pattern developing here? Video is absolutely massive right now, and we must get involved. However, Roberto takes quite an interesting spin on this, where what he tries to do is not necessarily own a keyword or own a subject or a topic in a particular niche. What he's all about is just owning an answer. And I absolutely loved that philosophy. And you're going to love Roberto. Here he is. So, Roberto, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. No, the honor is all mine. The honor and pleasure is all mine. Um, I, I, yeah, we were talking before we hit the record button here that we have a lot of mutual friends. This should have happened a long time ago, but we're both very happy that we're connecting and talking now. So that's good. And really, what's even better is I get the opportunity to record it for thousands and thousands of Youpreneur FM listeners. So it's a double whammy, isn't it, really, if you think about it? Absolutely. And I've been looking forward to this for a while. 
Okay, good stuff. Well, look, I want to dive right in here. I think what we should do is kind of do this in like two or three different sections here. Number one, let's talk about you and your story a little bit so people can understand where you come from in, in regards to you being kind of the center of your business because that's what youpreneur means is is that you know you are the center of your business people uh, adore you they want to do business with you etc cetera, etc cetera. and then i want to kind of zoom into how the hell you've created so much incredible video content because video is definitely hot now this year um how the hell you've created so much quality video in such a short space of time and just absolutely crushed it on youtube because you're you're killing it on youtube so let's go into things with you tell us a little bit about roberto what's led you to where you are right now well you know as anyone in my family could probably tell you i've always been a creative entrepreneur my whole life i've always been the kid who would rush through their schoolwork just so he could draw just a little bit more get some doodles in and i remember (laughs) Being five years old, like five years old, hand drawing comics and selling them to my classmates. I remember uh, doing, you know, the classic lemonade stands. And I remember being in middle school and buying the uh, 12 pack of sodas from the gas station for like two or three dollars and selling the cans for a dollar in piece because this was back before schools had vending machines. Uh, so I've always been about the hustle. I've always been a creative entrepreneur. I've always loved art and drawing and technology. I taught myself how to code websites at 13 years old. I think it was 15 or 16, started flipping stuff on eBay and then started building websites for uh, local businesses and churches, making money that way. Got into graphic design, uh, got into video production and editing, worked for um, a wedding photographer and videographer and his wife. So ever since I was a kid, I'm 32, about to be 33 now, I've been doing all this stuff half my life, and I came from that uh, background of creative services. I went into it in corporate life in my 20s, and now uh, for a couple of years now, I've gotten to run my own business doing the things I love every single day, and I just want that for other people. Well, you know, I think that's the fact that you've done so much in such a short space of time, like I said, is for me like the biggest contributing factor um, in regards to you being a interesting person to have on the show i mean anybody that starts coding websites at 13 um deserves a gold star (laughs) in some way shape (laughs) or form because i mean i mean that's never even i mean obviously you know i'm 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 just a tad older than you uh but i mean you know i the idea of coding websites never came into my mind when i was 13 or 14 years old all i was interested in was you know watching movies and and playing basketball and and trying desperately to get girls' attention, you know what I mean um, and the idea of sitting down and learning a skill like that or self teaching myself a skill like that never came across my mind at all. Um, I wish it did, uh, but uh, it never did so I mean it doesn 't surprise me that you are now where you are at the age that you're, you know, that you're currently at, um, in regards to your success level. So talk, talk a little bit about the, you know, the growth of, you know, always be creating. I mean, this, for me, when I discovered you on YouTube, and I'm not quite sure how I did it now, but who knows, man, we go down a rabbit hole when we get on the YouTube or (laughs) Facebook or something like that. But, you know, I probably found you watching a silly cat video or something like that. But I mean, what, Always be creating. What what caught my eye initially was these great T-shirts that you always wear with that slogan on there, or it's create awesome, or it's something 
you know, around creating. And I, I love creating content. I like sharing content, marketing content, having my content consumed and talked about and all the rest of it. And, you know, your videos stuck out to me as someone that not only knew what they were doing, but, I mean, you were really killing it in regards to views and subscribers and likes and all the rest of it. Now, we had Amy Schmidauer, who I know you know, uh, on yeah on amazing on amazing creator yeah she's she's killer and so she she came on the show um around uh beginning of february talking about vlog like a boss obviously uh and her journey as a vlogger and what she's been all about um so you're more that kind of creative type folk in regards to you know the graphics and that sort of type of stuff that you do as well and and, and correct me if i'm wrong you, I mean, at the very core of what you are all about, you are a creative. I mean, you, you spend a lot of your time sitting in Photoshop, I'm assuming, right? Oh, absolutely. Photoshop is one of my first loves. Premiere Pro, too. I, I got into video editing, uh, I think, technically, before I got into Photoshop. I got into Premiere Pro, now that I think about it. But I, I love all of that stuff. I love my camera gear. I love my new drone. I grew up, uh, like I said, with a background, more traditional illustration. I ended up doing ad agency work in my 20s. And at, at my core, I just love creating things. I love telling stories. But I also found that I take a genuine joy in seeing other people create. And one of the things I used to do, um, especially with younger creatives that were around me, is I used to teach people the basics of how to draw or how to use software. And just seeing what they could make if someone was patient with them, that used to light me up in, in this really interesting way. And where Create Awesome came from is it's a philosophy more mm. than anything. Mm. It's, it's what I believe in more than anything is uh, just create awesome things and share them with the world because – you know, the things that we create are the things that we leave behind, Chris. That's what it really comes down to at the end of the day is what are you going to build that might outlive you? What are you going to create that might add value to the world or bring somebody joy, even if it's just for a moment? I never devalue, uh, you know, the idea that people want to create. And it's so hard because people are very dismissive about creativity and whether or not there's any future in it or a career prospect that you can have around that everyone thinks artists are going to end up in a cardboard box right exactly and i think you know what what kind of jumps out to me there is the fact that you know creating it doesn't come easy to everybody right i mean we all know that we've got to be you know out there and 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 creating content that can genuinely help and serve the people that we want to support and you know bring on board as clients and all the rest of it but it doesn't come naturally to a certain member of the you know a certain number of the demographic rather so what would you have to say if somebody said to you like i i understand the importance of creating great content creating something awesome i get it totally but i have a problem doing it what would be your reaction to that i mean you didn't you weren't born knowing how to drive either and if you're me you weren't necessarily born with the greatest amount of athletic talent and dna i i remember when i was um a track and cross country runner in school chris and i ended up being captain of my cross country team when i had guys that were so tall i think their legs were bigger than me and <laughs> right. And, right and my okay. coach and my coach explained, it's like, do you guys know why Roberto is your captain right now? And they were like, well, is he a better runner? I mean, he's beating us. And like, no, the reason that he's your captain and that he's beating you on the field is because 
he wants it more. He was born with dramatically less athletic ability than almost anybody here on the team. But while half of you are flirting with the girls team, he's doing double bleachers. He's working harder. He's showing up early and leaving late. He's out hustling you. And that's why he's your captain. And that's why he's beating you on the track. And, you know, it was very humbling to hear that, but it also illustrated a point to me that's like, he's right. I didn't have more talent. I just outworked them. And I can continue to always do that. So to someone who doesn't believe that they have the talent, Chris, I meet talented people that are far beyond me in every category pretty regularly. And not all of them are successful because it takes more than talent and natural gifts and innate ability to be successful, as I'm sure you know. Mm, Exactly. And I think, you know, I I, I think that the big thing here for me is that when I started creating, um, I mean, I've I've always been interested in, you know, the arts and theater and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I was amateur dramatics at school and even through college and stuff. Um, And so I've always I'm I'm not going to say I'm a creative person. But I think what it is, I I don't have a problem adapting to that situation and sitting down and planning out things like videos or podcasts or blog posts and things like that. Although a lot of my students and customers do. And so I wanted to ask that question. And it's a great answer. I mean, like you weren't born knowing how to drive. You know, you went out and learned how to do it. Then you went and took your test and then you actually started driving a car properly. Uh, And I, I think that's a really good analogy because I think a lot of people that fear of, of or, or, or should we say that self-limiting belief of, well, I don't know how to do that, so I'm just not going to even try in the first place. I call BS on that. I think if we really want to do well, we've got it. You know, nothing fantastic happens inside your comfort zone, right? It's always outside, so I get it completely. So, all right, let, let's zoom in now on the YouTube channel because, dude, sure. dude, dude, seriously, 200 plus thousand subscribers um and i mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views this is pretty incredible when did you actually start the channel off when was the first video or or should i say let's do it this way because a lot of people they they kind of slam something up on youtube and then sort of not really think about it all that much well you knows i did Right, right. I was going to say, so when was the first video put up there? And then when did you actually start getting serious about it? The first video was thrown up there in 2009 to test my camera. It was a Sony HD bloggy. And ironically, I've now my new favorite camera is a Sony RX100 Mark V with my second favorite camera being my Panasonic. I was a Nikon guy, but I'm kind of moving over to the mirrorless cameras. But uh, I, I threw up this test video in my old backyard back in 2009. And that was, you know, and I did a few other videos, but I didn't take it seriously. I put out like maybe, what, five videos a year for a while. Right. Uh, so I wasn't doing anything seriously. I got serious in 2013. July 2013, I made a commitment to do a video a week. And at that point, it was Photoshop Thursdays that I was going to do at least once a week. And I stayed consistent with that for a very long time. Uh, I was always hard on myself if I ever missed one or if I was a day late. And that was the beginning of it. I got a lot of questions that were beyond photoshop and i'd done a few dabbled in a few answering uh graphic design career q a questions uh just a five minute thing or explaining you know what a process was or a tool was and i started getting more requests like that and i realized well wait this is actually getting easier and easier to produce than the tutorials the tutorials were taking a long time there was a lot of 
thought that went sure. into them. Yeah. Uh, even now, they take a while, but I'm faster at those. I can usually do a tutorial almost in one take, believe it or not now. Uh, a 15-minute tutorial will take me 25 minutes to make and then a little longer to edit. Sure. I can turn it around in under an hour. That's but great. Do, but doing a talking head style video where I'm on a theme or a question or a rapid fire on three tips or five tips or seven tips, I could do that relatively easy. And I actually found that I was enjoying it because I was enjoying the interaction with the community. Right. I was enjoying getting people to ask me questions in the comments. And then to this day, I'm still known for prolifically commenting back every single day. I may not be able to answer every single comment anymore. And then some of them are just a little banal. So I don't really want to answer everyone. Right, now. right, but, right. But there's but if there's a legitimate question I can help somebody or they ask uh, something that is technical, I'm overjoyed to be able to help them with that or to redirect them to a video that I've already done that might have helped that. And now with putting out videos pretty much almost every day and trying to ramp that up even beyond that, um, I just feel very proud that the channel has managed to help so many creative people. I live for the emails, Chris, where someone says, Roberto, I finally got that job, and I didn't think I was going to be able to ask for the salary that I wanted, but I was able to do it, and I think your videos really helped me. I live for that mm. more than anything. I, I take so much joy in knowing – like, Chris, how many of us actually get to know that in our lifetime we help thousands of people achieve something they wanted? That's a gift. Well, yeah, exactly, and that's – I mean that's the re the main reason why I, I kicked off and founded Youpreneur is that you know I saw – a very distinct gap in the market for people that wanted to learn how to build an actual business from their personal brand and not just be a speaker or be an author. You know, a speaker is almost always an author and vice versa, and they're almost always a content creator, uh, and they're almost always a coach or a consultant in some capacity. And so, you know, if, if, if you're not amalgamating all of those skill sets and those focuses into one main uh, you know, direction, then the chances are you're not going to be maximizing, you know, your potential from a business perspective. So that's where the focus for Youpreneur began. And, and like yourself, I'm all about those little private tweets and the emails that come through uh, and all that sort of stuff. So I get it completely, man, completely. So, okay, let, let's talk about this. I mean, so you went, you, you decided, right, this is it. I'm going to go once a week. I'm going to beat myself up if I'm late, but I'll get over it. Um, I'm going to create great quality content that's going to be shared over and over and over again, consumed like crazy. I was on your channel yesterday uh, looking at, you know, your channel in prep for this. And you've got a video that's, uh, I think, over half a million views on it, which was only posted eight, nine months ago or something. I mean, how do we get to the point of, you know, developing a channel that is going to be other than just being consistent, because that's a given, right? But what else sure. have you what else have you done to make sure your videos specifically are found? Let's start there. How do we get our videos on YouTube found more often? Well, for those that are in the, the business world, it'll be a lot easier than those who are entertainers. A lot of people uh, think that that route is more of a guarantee of success, but actually what we do is actually a little bit more certain because it came down to the fact that I consider my channel a reference library, Chris. There are some people, because not all of my videos do a half million or a hundred thousand views. Of course. Uh, a few people uh, criticize me about that, but what I explain to them is like, 
I don't need someone to give me that five or 10 minutes of attention until they need to solve that one problem that I addressed today. I don't need that attention. They should be working on their business or they should be with their family for that 10 minutes of this video does not apply to them. I think of myself as the public library. I'm a reference. So what I do is just like back in the days, you and I, maybe not everyone in the audience, you and I are old enough to remember the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> we're, oh, yeah. we're old enough to remember the card catalog library. We, we remember how difficult <laughs> yes. that was. Right. I, I make everything as easy as possible for someone who's searching intentionally to be able to find it. So I went into a lot of the metadata and SEO. That wasn't hard for me considering my background was web design. So I understood right. SEO at a fundamental level, and I'd been blogging for years before I touched YouTube. So I already understood at a fundamental level how to organize and structure titles and descriptions and keywords, tags, all of those things uh, to be found. And then in terms of click-through rates, which I think everyone under underestimates, Chris, um, the thumbnails – have to be spot on. And I'm a Photoshop guy. I came from the world of, I used to design billboards in Times Square uh, when I worked at an agency in Midtown Manhattan. I used to do the HBO boxing stuff. And so what I did was I used the exact same thesis of a billboard that someone's going to walk by or that they're going to drive by on the highway at 50 miles per hour. Is like, well, what's going to get them out of everything else on a page on YouTube or out of a column on YouTube to click something? Mm. And you see that uh, I did high-quality thumbnails. I didn't just use the basic thumbnail strategy. I went high-quality thumbnails, high-quality photography, design, typography, and I also did branded thumbnails uh, with a strategic thing in mind in terms of, well, this type of content will have this type of thumbnail. If it's a product, I have to show the product for a product review or an unboxing in the thumbnail so there's no ambiguity and it's like, ooh, that looks really expensive. Let me click on that. <laughs> so right, right. Uh, I was very strategic and intentional about all of that, especially in the very beginning because, well, it's a tutorial. It's supposed to serve a purpose. It's supposed to solve a problem. So think about your viewer. It's kind of like uh, another friend of ours, Brian Fanzo. He says, think like a fan. I thought about how a consumer has the user experience of YouTube and about all the distractions and how can I reach out to them and say, hey, this is what you need. Right. I love it. Yeah. And I, I mean, Brian was on the show actually at the top of the year and, and we talked about the think like a fan strategy in depth. And I think, you know, this is something that a lot of people, a lot of marketers particularly, are not doing. They are not thinking like a fan. They are not thinking like their target market. They're thinking like them. And I think there's, uh, you know, a extremely hardcore resounding error in doing that. Um, myself included, I have been guilty of this before. Um, but since I've changed uh, over the last few years and started thinking more like my target market um, and understanding that, you know, the people that are in my target market are not where I am right now. They are maybe two, three years prior to where I am. So what I was doing two, three years ago to build my brand is where they are now. And once I realized that, oh my God, dude, it was like the floodgates had opened up because right. I could start creating content that truly resonated with my, you know, not only my existing subscribers, but also the people that I really wanted to bring on board and attract as well. And I love that. And now let's, let's zoom in a little bit on the thumbnail side of things. So Sure. Obviously, you know, YouTube will create a thumbnail for you. You can then obviously go ahead and upload a thumbnail directly. But when you Absolutely. start talking about things like 
high quality photography and that sort of type of thing. How does this play that much? I mean, you know, I have customized thumbnails on a lot of my videos, not all of them, but I would say on the majority of them. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know whether they are high quality per se, but they definitely look a lot nicer than anything YouTube would create. What is, Absolutely. you know, where, where is the, the psyche on this and the whole, the whole kind of high quality thing? Give us the, you know, the insight on that. There are different levels of perception of quality, but you have to also understand them in the context of this platform, in the platform of YouTube. Part of that will be if you search for what you're planning your video to be uh, against what is ranking on the first page of YouTube, you can see what the interpretation of quality is from the viewer's perspective based mm. on what they clicked on, what was engaged, what was views. And the thing is, you also have some objectivity there as far as, oh, that actually looks god-awful, or why would they click on that? Uh, because that's not always the answer. The number of views something got is not always an indicator of quality. And, you know, so what I would do with regard to that is take it a little bit with a grain of salt and say, okay, what's, what do I interpret objectively as visually pleasing that also apparently has a lot of other people who feel the same way out right. of everything that's on here? And then you don't copy that. You analyze it. You say, well, you know, was there a face in that picture or there should there have been contextually? Do I think that would have been better? Did they show off the product? If there was a product, did it use typography? Did it not? What Were the words big enough for me to be able to read or would it be better if it were a little easier to read this? Would that have gotten my attention? Mm. Think about all the things that would make the thing that it's like, okay, if this is what the top three are or this is what's considered good – what would I do if I wanted to make them better or more appealing to me if I'm the target market? Or sometimes objectively have somebody who is your target market come in and you ask them, hey, what would you do that would make this better? Or what would make this more attractive to you? You think about that in the same way that you would think about if you were getting advice on your appearance or your style. You would get an outside uh, opinion, especially if you wanted to go on a date with a beautiful young woman. You would you know, probably not ask your, uh, your gentleman friends if you're looking okay. You would probably try to get somebody close to what you're trying to attract right so exactly. uh so that that's my advice on it and then in terms of the technical side i would say that there are little things you can do to stand out um high contrast colors obviously st stand out i'm a graphic designer and i come from the background advertising so we know that high contrast colors the primary colors these are things that you want to hit we also okay. know that there are colors that trigger emotional excitement on some level or different things. If I'm doing a video on passive income, I know that as a hack, I could use a green background or I could use symbols that are associated with uh, money but then also still look interesting or fun. And you saw that that actually uh, worked really well for my video on passive income that has almost 600,000 views now. Mm. That, that created uh, some context. When I want to do something that's about YouTube, you see that I have a bunch of YouTube play buttons floating around. And I use the YouTube red colors. So I'm using the combinations of color psychology, but sometimes also associating symbols that mean that uh, a person can have context. They don't have to think a lot to understand the nature of the video. And then I can also use these things to set them apart from something that might be more genetic, generic, sorry, because other people may not have my skills. So I'm leveraging my skills. But if I wasn't a designer and as a photographer, I would just use really great pictures with a big smiling face like a billboard and have pretty bokeh in there and just drop some text on using Canva if I wasn't a Photoshop wizard. If right. I was a photographer instead or I had access to a photographer, I would just make the most gorgeous still photo that I possibly could with Boca, aka a, bur a blurry background 
because from a YouTuber's perspective, as far as a YouTube consumer, seeing uh, a sharp face in the foreground and a blurry background is a perception of quality because they associate with what filmmaking looks like. Right, right. Okay, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. So, okay, how can we how can we get to the point of coming up? I love this stuff. All right, I mean, this is when I start geeking out. When we get into like the second half of the show, I start geeking out. This is what I'm about. So. Where where are we like from from a creation perspective, right? How do we even come up with like? How do you come up with ideas for your videos at this point? I mean, you've got how many how many videos you've got on the channel now? Publicly over nine hundred, but also <laughs> some are to mad. my private uh, okay to my private email list. So I've done over a thousand. That's just on YouTube, and I've literally done hundreds of live streams on every uh, pretty much every major live streaming platform at this point. Okay, uh, all right. Except- Except maybe Twitch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So let let. All right. So let's talk ideas. Like, how the hell have you come up with that many ideas? How do we come up with ideas for our videos? Oh, for me, it was a little easy. I cheated. I uh, I took things that I already knew and I broke them down into uh, questions that I could solve. And then the other part that I did was even early on, I curated content from my community. I took questions from the comments and I started to keep them all in Microsoft OneNote and Evernote. And I just collected an endless archive. Chris, I literally have an idea bank of over 2,000 more videos that I could make without having to think about a topic. Um, so that was, but that's, uh, but if you are just starting out, that's a little intimidating and you don't have an audience to crowdsource, I would say, start with an idea around, I would categorize what are the things that you're most excited about and interested in? What do you make your friends and family's ears bleed over every single day (laughs) when you talk about it? And I would think about those things and I would say, all right, now break out 10 or 20 ideas around that. If you're a business person, The easiest place to start is with the key pain points of your audience. Your audience is mostly going to be marketers and entrepreneurs like ourselves. So I will say directly to your audience, um, the youpreneur community, guys, if you have clients or if you have ideal clients and an ideal client avatar, think about the 10 most frequently asked questions that you're going to get and make a video about them. If there's anything about your process that you would think would be important for a potential client to know and to understand about working with you, make a video about it. If there's something that you use in the business that helps them, uh, do a review of it. If it's a piece of software, if it's something you're going to provide for them, do that. Do demos. Do all of those things. And ask people, go into Twitter and find those people whom you're going to work with. Look for problems that they're trying to solve. Use something like hashtag marketing problems. You look at hashtag brand fail, hashtag technical difficulties. Look for people who are desperately seeking help. And then create videos. Whenever I want to figure out what can I do that would help somebody, I'll go into hashtag photography problems, and that will give me my Wednesday content around photography and filmmaking to address. I could go into hashtag design problems, and I will get 10 ideas for a Monday video just like that that I could make instantly just by doing that. You can go into Facebook groups and communities, and you can just ask people, hey, what are you struggling with right now? I, I did a I do Twitter polls all the time and it gives me great ideas and it gives me a resource to be able to say, hey, you know what? I did a poll 
and this was the results and everything, and it lets me have a conversation with my audience and ask, well, do you guys believe uh, that this is true, or how would you guys have voted in this poll? And now with YouTube, you could actually integrate interactive polls uh, for your audience and ask them questions and get data, and it lets you circle back and possibly generate new content off of the community participation. So when it comes to, well, how do I come up with ideas? You can either take the things that you're most excited about. You can review products that you already own if you want to do the technical stuff. You can do tutorials on all the software that you already own that helps the people that you solve problems for in your business. And you can answer their most frequently asked questions. And here's a real great hack for you for from the business standpoint, Chris. Analyze the questions that lead to a buying decision. Look at everyone who's ever bought for you, everyone who's ever bought from you, anyone who's ever said yes and that you've closed a deal, and think about the common questions that led up to the sale that they always asked, and then provide some video content around that value and you will close more. Yeah, no, I I love all of that. And it's on that very last point there, uh, before we launched Youpreneur, I was using Periscope quite heavily, uh, built a very good following on Periscope. In fact, actually opened up doors to a whole new community that I'd never even attracted before. And I remember when we were planning the actual copy, the sales copy for youpreneur.com as a sales landing page, um, I was testing our headlines and subheaders uh, as one-liners to see what reactions I was getting on Periscope. Now, nobody knew I was doing this at the time, obviously, but I would say something and see what sort of comments I would get or if I had a flurry of hearts or if something fell flat, we wouldn't use it. And so, you know, the you know when we launched, we launched with the tagline of, you know, no, no entrepreneur gets left behind. And it's still, it's not our main tagline anymore, but it's still a tagline that we use a lot of the time on the Youpreneur marketing side of things. And that came out of purely listening to what people we're saying based off of us dropping that on live broadcast. So, it, yeah, it totally worked. In reaction to your idea of creating a Word document with all of your content ideas, I've also been doing that for a long time, and we talked about that a little bit on the show before. Um, and, guys, when you get emails from people, make a note of the questions that you might be answering via email. If you get that email more than two or three times, it's a piece of content ready and waiting to be created would you say that would be the case roberto absolutely 110 percent. i do that with emails i also do exactly what you're doing with live streams and periscope and yes. facebook yeah. and i i go ahead and i pull the best questions to use for potential content in the future i test and experiment ideas all the time it's where uh seeing what would be popular it's where um and like you know, the create awesome and always be creating like t-shirts, uh, are popular for the people who want to get involved in the community and want to do that. But I know that in the future I'll have more inspirational t-shirts and I've already tested the ideas based on one liners that I've thrown out and what the reaction was exactly like you did with your, uh, marketing copy. So I think it's a brilliant strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So look, as we wrap up here, there's one subject that I want to touch base on, um, one, because I know it's going to help a ton of people, but two, because for my own selfish reasons, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly all right. Look, it's my show. I'll be selfish if I want to. So um, that's going to become a tweetable. That line right there, I tell you, someone's going to be tweeting that at me. There's always something every show. Oh, dear, ducker. Keep your mouth shut sometimes. Okay, so here's here's where I am with this. We're, we're about to go quite hard on, on video 
ourselves uh, for the Chris Ducker brand, for the Upreneur brand, um, amalgamation of the two. What I love about podcasting is that it gives me the opportunity. Like I'm, I'm in my groove with the, with the show now. Like we're batching. You know, we're always six to eight weeks ahead of ourselves in terms of recording to when it goes live, and it works well because I do a lot of traveling for speaking and things like that. So that works out well. What I'm concerned about video, and obviously, yes, being evergreen when you're recording the content, I get it will help. But how can I do likewise, Roberto, in regards to my video content? How can I actually batch this video content out as well, six to eight? Let's say I go once a week with video. How would you suggest I do it? Because I know that you're a proponent of this, uh, and I want to know what your strategy is in regards to staying on top of it so that you don't miss that week or you're not late anymore and that sort of type of thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, If you're a solopreneur, the way that you could do it uh, by yourself is – do talking head style video. Give yourself a consistent setup that you tend to leave in place. Uh, that was my strategy. And you could literally, if you know your content cold and you know your subject matter cold, you may not need a script. Now, if you need a script, by all means, use one and rehearse it the way that you would a pu- for a public speaking engagement. But it'll be easier because you're not rehearsing 30 minutes to an hour of content. Of you're course. rehearsing five five minutes of content, which right. is a much more concise nugget. My preference, as you know, from my content is to keep it conversational, just like we have, and to just talk to them the way I would talk to a friend over coffee uh, if they were asking me for their help for five to eight minutes. Now, for me, if I do a five-minute video, I do it in one take at this point. Uh, I got that pretty quickly because, again, I only talk about things I know. The only time I have to research is when it's a technical video for a laptop or something so that I'm making sure I get the, the technical information as far as the specs right. Mm-hmm. But other than that, and usually my cheat for that is I'll read the specs off of my phone but use B-roll to cut over that so that you can't see that part. Nice. So that's my – that's my cheat when I need to do something like that. So if you need to cheat at some point, use B-roll. If you need to run through bullet points, you can use B-roll and just kind of, kind of pop them up on the screen um, as a slide or something like that instead or should do some kind of show and tell. So that's a that's just a little cheat code, a little hack that you can use. I think everyone will appreciate that. But, but other than that, well, I would say you, Chris, you have so much knowledge that you could just go cold off the top of your head. You're a live streamer, so you know how that works. I would say that you could do five to eight minutes of great evergreen content that is a what is, how to... Uh, where to find style video, right? And you could just you could just make a list of the the five pieces of content for the month that you want to put out, the five or six that you want to do for the month to have them in the can, just like you do with the podcast. And since they're only five or six minutes a piece, I would just shoot them all at once in one hour, so that that one hour you have. Uh, you, let's say you have two or three hours of downtime. You're in the hotel room. I know that's not the usual where you have that much downtime, but let's just say for the sake of argument, you have at least maybe two or three hours of, of downtime. You go ahead. There's great lighting, natural light from the window or something. You set up the camera and you just go and you do it in these five minute batches of I'll talk for five minutes on this, hit record, hit stop, five minutes on this, hit record, hit stop. And by the time you edit out, uh, if you're me, beard scratching and water breaks, you, you only trim the minute because it's a talking head video. You did it in one take, and all of a sudden in this hour-long period of time, all your videos are done. And then to edit them, it's maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes a piece of editing and review, which means that the turnaround time on your month's worth of content with you having a few in the can for reserve, if you shoot six videos 
let's just say for the sake of argument, you shoot six videos and they took you 10 minutes a piece to shoot. That's one hour. If they each take you 15 minutes to edit after that, 20 max, you've turned around a month's worth of weekly content plus some backfill, and it's a three-hour turnaround mm. Mm. for the month, for mm. the month, for the entire month. Now, I, keep I, in mind, I that love for that. me, that's a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that. I, I think that – I think a lot of people – The fi- I think it's going to be the fear of of having to kind of clear things out for a few hours or, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like I think there's a lot of people that are – that, that are running their businesses too flexibly um, and and not batching enough. I batch bloody everything, like literally everything. We've talked about this over and over and over again on the show. If you're not batching for me, then you're probably missing out on productivity as far as I'm concerned. So I like the I batch would, I, as much as I can. I would tell people who want to start this to put three hours on their calendar to batch record content if they want to take videos seriously three hours a week that's it to batch record and if they're going to uh outsource editing then outsource the editing because that's what a lot of people are going to do they don't have the skill set even though it's it's simpler than they might imagine i have a good tutorial on it if they want uh more than one i think (laughs) so there's uh there's always an answer to that because the thing that you can't outsource is you actually making the content yourself recording but you can outsource the editing and it's actually relatively affordable so i would say that that's something that they should do and then what I would look at beyond that is it clear the hour, clear the one hour week to do – sorry, clear the one hour, maybe two to three times a week to record so that they have this great backfill of content and it's evergreen. And that way in the moment, if something happens and they want to address it in a video, they would have the flexibility because, well, then they'll just you know push the schedule of what comes out back because by doing this – you have all this room to create content to make sure you're getting out one or two videos a week, whatever you need for frequency. The obviously frequency of content, as you well know, is what's going to win the day. But you got to start somewhere and get comfortable and get sure. good habits. You'll get you'll get more efficient. And the reason that I'm telling them, well, it's like Roberto, if we can knock out a week in one hour, why should we start recording you know three times a week? It's so that you form good habits faster. It's harder to miss the commitment. If you have to do it three times a week, if you only have to do it once a week, you could miss that once a week and you'll make excuses and it'll be two or three weeks before you, 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 so the bad habit will start. The bad habit of skipping will start. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you hundred percent. And I like, you know, just so you guys know how we are planning to roll out a lot of content. And I know you guys like to hear how I'm doing these things. So I have one of my VAs going through our idea box through tweets that i've replied to through ebooks or rather emails that i've replied to for the ideas we i think we created an initial list of about 60 video ideas i think um we yeah we've actually already got a plan i mean in fact i mean this is timely by the time this comes out roberto these will already start publishing uh but we're actually shooting in a few days from now the first five episodes and we're just clearing out a couple of hours we probably know that the first few are going to take a while to get into a groove with and everything but after a while we should be able to knock out five within an hour or so so you know we've cleared out a few hours for the first shoot this coming week um and so i have my va doing all of the prep work i'll do the film well 
somebody will film me i'll do the content i'll be in front of the camera and then obviously it goes over to the editor uh, and then back to the va for show notes uh, for uploading and for embedding on the blog etc etc so really all i'm planning to do is be that horrifically good-looking face in front of the camera um <laughs> you're and, the talent yes i'm the talent yes let me call that that's what i am i'm the talent is what i am um and uh, and that's it and everything else is is fundamentally delegated off now i understand obviously a lot of people tuning in won't have the ability to be able to do that quite yet if you're still in the process of building things or creating a team and that sort of type of thing but do not i think overwhelmingly we can agree on this roberto don't let that hold you back right you've got to get going with it <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I documented my journey. That's why for all the things that I'm doing, I document things. One, I talk, I talk about anything that I've actually done, but then I also am not afraid to let people see something as I'm progressing and as I'm doing it. I'm just starting to get into 4K video and producing and editing that, and I'm not waiting to master it to share what I'm learning along the way with people so that they can grow with me. I'm just getting into flying drones, and I'm showing them everything that I'm learning. I'm not waiting to be an expert. Uh, too many people wait for permission to do something instead of just doing it, and you're also cheating people out of value while they can learn from you while you're two steps in, they're at zero. Your two steps, that's helpful to them. The other thing I would say is, uh, Chris, you mentioned the rest of your process, but optimization is uh, is essential. Are you outsourcing that as well? You know what? Now, look, here's a flaw. We've obviously, we've talked about it and looked at it a little bit. We haven't we haven't spent that much time really planning that out. Let's. We've gone over our time together. Well, I want to continue with this a little bit. Give us a little bit of. Give us a few tips again, very selfishly. Uh, but g- <laughs> give us a few tips here on what we can do in regard to that. I'm very curious to see what you've got to say. Well, in the theme of being selfish, I would definitely say that you should check out some of the content that I've done specifically around yes. that. Yes, but... love it. Yes, love it. <laughs> um, over on my YouTube channel, I'm sure you'll have that in the show notes. We will. But. Uh, the other, uh, the other thing I would say in general is that you have to do the research and you have to look at what's already uh, performing in the market. Now, keep in mind, the majority of YouTubers, the majority of content creators, whether they're marketers or whether they've been in YouTube forever, do not optimize their titles, descriptions, and tags. They're doing more clickbait instead of a strategy I say be clickworthy. And right. so for a title – Search engine optimize a title the way that you would for a blog post traditionally in Google, but with the caveat. Make it interesting by challenging an assumption of some kind. Primary example is, should you start a YouTube channel in 2017? Or is it too late to start a YouTube channel? Or when should you have more than one YouTube channel? These are things that I know, and I know one of those videos I've made. Uh, those are two that I haven't made yet, but one of them I made, and I think it's only two months old, and it's done 70,000 views because it proposes a question and challenges an assumption. Mm. That style of um, title does very well because it's search engine friendly, but it triggers human curiosity. The next thing you need to do is analyze the first three lines of YouTube uh, descriptions because that is what YouTube is going to use, one, to tell a viewer, again, think like a fan, well, beyond the title, let me get more context on what this video is about beyond the title and the thumbnail. Now, not everyone will read it, but the robots in YouTube will, and they're using that to not only evaluate 
uh, whether you're relevant to other search queries beyond the title. So that means that if you rephrase the title in a different way in the first line and then you conversationally interject other potential things into the next two lines and it reads well out loud as a sentence – then that means you can get triggered for multiple different searches. I do this with my how-to content all the time. So a primary example would be um, how to grow a YouTube uh, channel in 2017 would be a video title. And that's right. a standard video title. But the second line of the description could be how to grow your YouTube channel and get more views and get more subscribers. That would be literally the first line that just fits and all of a sudden, I can now rank for how to get more subscribers on YouTube, how to get more views on YouTube, how to grow your channel instead of how to grow a channel. I now have all these different search queries that I am relevant for. And beyond that, I can also be a related video to videos from my friends Amy Schmittauer, Daryl Eves, Tim Schmoyer, uh, anyone like that that's making a similar video. So now YouTube can promote me both in organic search – for anyone whose intent is to find a video like mine, I have a really great thumbnail, which means it'll get clicked. I have a great description that says, oh, well, this isn't nonsense. This is what it's really about. And then every other person who makes a video like that technically ends up promoting me as well. Mm. And then it's just a matter of using my tags to not do – you remember how people used to do uh, single word keywords in Google and how horrible uh, that is and that it never worked? Oh, yeah. I tell people don't own a keyword, own an answer, own a solution, own a question. And so I put the questions that people would put into the query box in a search in YouTube or Google into my uh, tags, my keyword tags. And I will research this sometimes and see what comes up and see what would be another way to phrase that. I will use anything from uh, Google search to YouTube search to a thesaurus to figure out what a, another way to phrase something is and use that in my tags. And so the robots can do their job. And then the last thing I, I usually do uh, SEO-wise is closed captioning. And all of these things tell the robots in Google, hey, this is how I sort you. This is how I organize. This is how I prioritize you. And beyond that, again, I just have to be clever enough personally to know what that would look like from an end user's perspective and their intent. So while I gave you the, the tactical breakdown, the strategic component of that, the imagination, the intuition of thinking like a fan is something that technically you can't really teach. You kind of have to learn it. I, I think it can be learned. I'm not sure it can be taught. I'm not sure you can mm -hmm. teach someone how to put themselves in the other person's shoes. If I figure that out, I'll sell it as my highest price course. Right, right. Yeah, I, I love it. Okay. Man, what a great way to wrap up the show. Um, we've gone well over our normal 30 minutes, but I think that those tuning in are going to understand exactly why. Um, so, uh, man, I, I mean, I also feel like we could go for another hour, but we're not going to. Not today anyway, guys. Maybe we're <laughs> – Maybe we'll start at there'll, there'll be a there'll be some sort of a um, some sort of a, a little you know revolt on on there'll be a hashtag revolt on Twitter bring Roberto back and uh, <laughs> we'll see whether we'll get you back for another show man I want to thank you very much for sharing all this incredible incredible knowledge and you know by the way knowledge that has come directly from doing it and I think that that right there is the big takeaway here is if you hadn't got started with all of this in the first place you wouldn't be where you are now with all the knowledge that you own obviously. 
Absolutely. We all start from zero, Chris. We all start from zero. And the best way to learn is by doing, which is why I tell my fans every single day, go out there and create something awesome today. Yeah, I love it. You go ahead and do that, everybody. Show notes will be over at chrisducker.com forward slash episode 218. And we'll link to Roberto's channel and his site and everything else over there so you can reach out to him, tell him how awesome he is. Roberto, thank you once again, buddy, for coming on. And uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you for the show. I hope we get the opportunity to hang out in person sometime soon. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. All right. You guys, thank you for tuning in. As always, you know, I appreciate your attention. I'll be back next week with another episode of Youpreneur FM. Until then, do what Roberto does. Go out there and create something awesome. See you soon. It's the idea of an entrepreneurial community where you get to learn from the best in the business. As well as rub shoulders. Gain support. Have access to immediate feedback. As well as nonstop accountability from your peers. Is something that excites you. Then visit youpreneur.com for more information and to get started on building a business you can truly be proud of today. That's youpreneur.com. We'll see you on the inside.